Again, we're continuing our stewardship series called Act Two. And so our sermon title this morning is Act Two, Strange Witness. So how many of you have seen the TV show Jury Duty? A few of you? I need to tell you about this show. It's a very different kind of TV show. It's labeled a reality hoax sitcom. It's quite a combination of genres there. A reality hoax sitcom. The hoax is this. Twelve jurors are selected for jury duty, and they're selected for what they're told is a special trial that will be filmed for a documentary series. So these 12 jurors are selected. They know that they're going to be filmed. It's for a documentary series about jury duty. And that's odd enough, isn't it? But here's the catch. 11 of the 12 jurors are actors. And the judge is an actor. And the lawyers are actors. And the plaintiff and the defendant are actors. Everyone is an actor except for one juror. This is why it's called a reality hoax sitcom. There is one juror, his name is Ronald Gladden, and he is the only one not in on the hoax. Everyone else is an actor paid to be there for this series. And the whole show is built around how will this juror How would this man named Ronald respond? And I think that the whole show is set up on the idea that with each episode, they will throw crazier and crazier scenarios at this juror to see what his reactions are like. And one especially hilarious moment in this sitcom, in this series, a star witness, also an actor, gets up to the stand, and she is essentially talking gibberish. And I was amazed as I was watching this show that the actors could keep a straight face through this odd testimony, while Ronald, the one who's not an actor, he is completely lost by what's happening. And this episode includes many priceless close-ups of this generous and kind-hearted juror, Ronald, doing his very best to follow along and do what he promised that he would do and to follow this series. I think we have a picture. (laughs) This is very standard for the show. Ronald's face just trying to figure out what in the world is happening. What in the world is happening? He tries to follow along with this strange witness. Strange witness. Our scripture for today is the story of Pentecost, and it's a strange witness. The disciples are gathered together in Jerusalem. The resurrected Christ has ascended to heaven, as we read in chapter 1 of the book of Acts. And the disciples are waiting in Jerusalem for the gift of the Holy Spirit, which Jesus had promised them. And here at the beginning of chapter 2, the Holy Spirit arrives to them. It arrives like fire and wind. And suddenly the disciples are able to speak a language that they didn't know. 
As E.K. said in the children's sermon, it's almost like a superpower. They're able to speak languages that they didn't know before. Jews from every nation are gathered there. You heard the laundry list of names of nations represented. And each of them heard in their own native language. Sometimes when we're reading a story of Scripture that we've heard so many times before, when we're reading a story from the Bible that we're familiar with, like this Pentecost story, the strangeness of the story can start to wear off a little bit. But listen to how the people who were there responded. All were amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, what does this mean? You can imagine Ronald's face if you want to. They were amazed and perplexed. What does this mean? Verse 13 highlights the oddness. The crowd thinks the disciples must be intoxicated. Verse 13 of Acts chapter 2 says this, Others sneered and said, They are filled with new wine. The message translation, which is a much more colloquial version of the Bible, puts it this way. Others joked, They're drunk on cheap wine. Don't let anyone ever tell you that the Bible isn't funny. They don't know what to make of it. Their best guess is the disciples must be intoxicated. But again, Scripture is funny and includes this comedic moment because the disciple Peter then stands up, and Peter is about to give this eloquent sermon on the gospel, but he begins it by saying, they're not drunk, it's only 9 o'clock in the morning, and this is from the Scripture. But Peter goes on to give this sermon, this gospel presentation. He gives this gospel presentation to the crowd that's gathered. And when he finishes, chapter 2 of the book of Acts says that 3,000 people were baptized into this new community. This story is essentially the story of the church. Pentecost is sometimes known as the birthday of the church. This is how the church started to come together. And all of it starts with this odd story of the Spirit rushing in like wind and fire. It all begins with what we could call a strange witness. I love how the biblical scholar William Willimon describes the story of, podcast, the story of Pentecost. This is what he says about it. We are listening to the account of something strange, Beyond the bounds of imagination, miraculous, inscrutable, an origin which, as far as Luke is concerned, was the only way one could explain the existence of the church. No flat, prosaic explanation can do justice to the truth of how the church came into being and how the once timid disciples found their tongues to proclaim the truth of Christ. It's an account of something strange, something beyond the bounds of imagination, Willimon writes. But it's an origin that helps us to understand how the timid disciples came to proclaim Christ. Pentecost is the story of how God's Spirit drives the first followers to share the gospel to new people and to new places. 
The book of Acts will play out the theme as we hear story after story in the book of Acts of how the Spirit of God takes the disciples to Judea, to Samaria, to the ends of the earth, as Jesus himself said when the book of Acts begins with the ascension story, that the disciples would go to the ends of the earth with the gospel message. Willimon says it this way, in Acts, the spirit is the power to witness, the engine that drives the church into all the world. We often talk about that engine here at Tiger River Presbyterian. We want the spirit to be the driving force behind what we do. We're in this stewardship season and we're spending a few weeks talking about how God's spirit is leading us into act two of our church's story. Last year during stewardship, our theme was sail on. We used the image of a sailboat to say that we want the wind of God's spirit to move us and push us like the wind of Pentecost. And in fact, in both the Old and the New Testament, the word for spirit is the same word for wind. We want the wind, in other words, to be the driving force, the engine behind our mission and ministry. We want to be blown and moved by God's spirit. Stewardship season is an opportunity for us to recommit ourselves to the force of the spirit. It's an opportunity for us to open our hearts as individuals and as a church family to what the Spirit has in store for us in the year ahead. But as we think about this second act of Tiger River, I can't help but asking this question. What is the church's role in the world? Just an easy question, you know. Just a simple one. What is the church's role in the world? What is the church all about? And not just at Tiger River Presbyterian Church, but what is the church universal to be about? Now, obviously, this is a huge question. It's a question that can't just have one answer. But as I've been reflecting on Acts chapter 2 this week, I think that one answer to this question might just be that the church is called to be a strange witness. The church is called to be a strange witness. Acts 2 says that when the disciples started speaking in different languages, a crowd gathered and they were bewildered. I wonder if this is the modern church's calling too. Maybe when the world sees the church, they should gather in wonder, in both confusion and amazement. When the crowd heard the disciples speaking in their own native languages, the New Revised Standard Translation says they were amazed and perplexed. The Common English Bible says they were surprised and bewildered. The King James Version says, they were amazed and in doubt. The church is called to be a strange witness. When the world sees how we act, when this world sees what we do, 
They should be both curious and confused. Both amazed and in doubt. Both bewildered and surprised. Election day is this week. And so here's an example of what I mean. What does a strange witness look like? How can the church leave the world both confused and curious during the election season? When others see the church, I think they should say something like this. Look at the church. Look how they love each other. Even though some of them are committed Republicans and some of them are committed Democrats and some of them are independents and some of them vote different each election cycle season. But look how they love each other. Look how they respect each other even when they disagree. Look how they drop off meals for the same people who drove them crazy on social media during the presidential election. Look how they argue and debate and then show up to work together. Look how they disagree and then they show up to fix a widow's deck or build a wheelchair ramp together or serve food at a food pantry. Isn't that strange? Here's a strange witness for the world. A community bound not by congruent political affiliation, but by Christian affection. A community that is respectful and civil, even when our faith and convictions lead us to vote in very different ways. What an amazing and confusing testimony that could be to our world. And I think our world desperately needs this kind of strange witness. Community doesn't mean that our politics and preferences and even our theology has to line up completely. Community means we commit to support and love each other no matter what. We will love each other. We will love the stranger as we believe God loves us freely and unconditionally. How strange of love that is. In the stewardship season, here's another example of what a strange witness of the church might look like. Look at the church. Look how they use their time and energy and money. Look how they spend their Sundays gathering to pray and sing and worship and even listen to that same man over and over again each week. Look how they give extra time for committees and meetings and Bible studies and choir. Look how they study together. Look how they choose to pray and play together. Look how they choose to brunch in together. Let's bring that word back in. And look how they're spending their money on trying to actually make a difference in the world. How strange is that? How amazing and curious. They give even when there's no tangible investment value. 
They give even when there's no discernible rate of return. They give even when they don't know, even when they know that next year they'll have to give again. And they give so other people can eat. And they give so other people have a safe place for their children to learn and grow. And they give so the community can have a safe and welcoming place for neighbors to worship. They give, and now this is really strange. Because they believe that God gave it all to them first. How odd is that? How amazing and curious. Could it be that one answer to this huge question, what is the church's role in the world, is this. The church is called to be a strange witness. A strange witness in how we treat each other, neighbors and strangers alike. A strange witness in how we choose to spend our time. A strange witness in how we choose to use our skills and influence. A strange witness in how we choose to use our money and resources. The world should look on us in surprise and bewilderment. Our community should look on us with amazement and curiosity. I wonder why they live that way. What a strange witness. Tiger River Presbyterian Church, I want to tell you something you may already know. And please don't take this the wrong way. But this sanctuary is filled with a bunch of weirdos. I hear amen. <laughs> we are all very strange. Your love is strange. Your grace is strange. Your mercy is strange. Your generosity makes you strange. And for that I say, thanks be to God. Because I believe that that's what God calls the church to. A strange witness. Let's pray. Gracious and loving God, thank you for allowing us to be a part of your story. The odd and surprising story of how you allow broken and flawed people to bring your kingdom to earth through the church. Help us, God, to continue to follow the Spirit's leading. Help us as individuals and as a church to let the wind of the Spirit be the engine, the driving force, the breeze behind our sails. We want to go where you lead us, God. We want to do what you'd have us to do, even when it's new and strange purposes. And so help us, God of the unexpected, to be your strange witnesses in this world. We pray these things in the name of the one who came to us as a baby born in a feeding trough, a Savior who arrived in the unexpected. In the name of Jesus Christ, our living Lord, we pray. Amen.